Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of Oldie But A Goodie is brought to you by Shakespeare Aliens. The Runaway Stage Show hit is back at Gasworks Theatre for Melbourne Fringe this October. Keep listening to this episode for more info on how you can see Shakespeare Aliens. Imagine a year where, after the 10,000-year war, humanity is building its lost kingdoms in a world full of vampires, mutants, and cyborg horses. Uh, what year is that, Zach? I'm very confused. The year is 2001. One, 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 one. And welcome to Oldie But A Goodie, the podcast talking about the movie. Ah, messed it up, but fuck it. I'm going to keep going. Uh, we're talking about movies from 2001 in the order they came out in this week. Oh, we're back into the animation, but not just any animation, the anime animation with Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. My name is Sandro. I'm joined by Zacho, and we are having a fun time. <laughs> Well, I was until that intro. Uh, no, it's good. I'm having a fun time. I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time. Oh, well, that's great because it's time, listeners, for Zach to reveal his first impressions of the movie. Hi, I'm D. I don't talk a lot. That's my thing. <laughs> oh, I'm his head. In in the original thing, I was more of like a tricksy demon, and this I'm like an annoying sidekick. <laughs> oh. oh, hi, I'm token female character. At least in the second one, she has a personality. <laughs> Did you like my impressions of Impre- the movie? Oh, they were your <laughs> first impressions. Yeah, pretty bad. Oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, because you picked this movie, and what we do when we pick a sequel, and, and this is a sequel, mm. uh, when we pick a sequel, the person who picks it goes back and watches the first movie, and you did that. Mm. So you watched two of these. You see, it's a play on words. You see impression. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but in all very serious, mm. because this is a very serious movie. Yes, um, extremely so. I watch both of them, and I like things about both of them, and I dislike things about both of them. Mm. They actually quite different movies-ish. They're, like, they're just stories with the same characters in them, but the story is actually quite different. Oh, Okay. And it's quite important, I feel, to point out the differences. So I liked both of them, mm. but I kind of liked the story of the first one more, mm. which is weird. I kind of, kind of, because I think the story in the second one's, I, I don't know, want to say more fleshed out, more interesting. Like, it has more interesting concepts, but it's done poorly, whereas the first one 
has a less interesting concept, less original, but it's done better. That's That was going to be my first impressions, was I thought the... The second one, which is what we are mainly reviewing, uh, well, the one that I watched, we might spend more time talking about the first one, Um, but I thought that it had, yeah, the world was really cool, the concepts were cool, I didn't care about anything that was happening. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a translating problem with that one, where they tried to cram a lot of book into movie. Potentially, yeah. And they crammed a little too much which makes it feel a little all over the place. Yeah. Whereas the first one has a very simple plot, which does it quite well. The first movie, have you seen Castlevania? I've seen a few episodes of the Netflix series Castlevania. Do you know the the main series game? I do. I have played some of it. Okay, what happens in that one? Uh, There's a vampire in a castle and you've got to fight. And that's it. That's the story. Oh. So the first movie is Castlevania. (laughs) But, but there's a bit more to that because there's this local town and he keeps going back and forth between this town, this village, and this stuff happens and they explore his character and stuff. And I think they do it much better in the first movie than they do in the second movie. In the second movie, they don't really explore his character at all. Well, there's a little bit with his dad at the end. Yeah, at the very end. That's kind of like the main struggle in the first movie. So it's possible that you're obviously meant to watch these two back to back. You know what I mean? Like how I did. Yeah. Like you learn about this character and then move on. But I felt like in the second movie, they, they should have put more emphasis on him as the main character. Yeah. But they definitely did... The female protagonist way better in the second movie. <laughs> what, what did you think of the female protagonist? Layla? Yeah. Uh, she was kind of cool. The problem was she didn't really do anything no. in the movie. Like, she's watching the action, but she doesn't take place in... Like, she doesn't fight that much. Can you remember a time where she's shot anyone? Uh, oh, she throws a knife into the X-Men lady's head. So she didn't even shoot her. No. She threw the knife. She brandishes this gun all film. Okay, in comparison, in the first movie, the main plot revolves around this girl. Yes. Who gets attacked by a vampire. Oh, no. That's the worst thing that can happen in these movies. Uh, well, it's pretty bad, not because of the vampire, because the rest of the town ostracize her. Oh, no. As an outcast, because she's been marked by the vampire. Okay. Um, so she hires Vampire Hunter D. That's his name. To murder the vampire. And so there's a there's a bit of back and forths, and it's pretty wild, and it's pretty gruesome. Ooh. And her main character feature is that she is very beautiful, and Vampire D uh, wants to give her the D. Yep. But he is like, but I am a vampire. Uh, I am half vampire. I cannot do this. Mm, the classic struggle. Yeah. Needless to say, the female protagonist is heavily sexualized and objectified. What? In anime? Yes. <laughs> it's a little cringe, but she does use more weaponry and more combat than this main character, oh. which is weird. 
because you think it'd be the opposite. She has like a electric whip. Yeah. Which she uses to like attack the vampires. It does nothing. Right. She gets she ev- everyone she attacks kind of shits on her. So but she at least attacks them, you know? So in the sequel, the female character is more of a character and less overly sexualized. Yes. Yet is le- also less of a badass. Yes, correct. <laughs> doesn't do anything in action sequences. This movie, in my mind, was very anime. Uh, writing was lazy. Yeah. The art was good. Animation wasn't. I thought it was, like, drawn really well, but the animation itself was very cheap. Yeah. Which isn't a problem with the people who made this. They were, you know, clearly working with the budget that, that they had. But the whole time I was like, this could be so much better, especially after watching Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, yeah. There's these giant sand rays that they do at one point. That looked really good. So I think it was just a matter of, like, where time was spent on animation. Because yeah. some of the scenes I thought was really good. Like, the um, the end castle was very good. Although I guess that was mostly art. Yeah, that wasn't really animation. It was just kind of a backdrop. But yeah, I look, this it's fine. I It's the same as most anime for me. There's less talking and fight scenes. Which I think I liked. Mm. But also the, the fight scenes weren't as cool. So I was still kind of bored during them. Yeah, I'll mention the first one had near the same quality of animation. Not quite as good, but it was consistently like... It's like an old car. You can tell, but like... Because it's consistent. I thought it was great. It was also way more gruesome in the first movie. Okay. Like a lot more gruesome. It's still gruesome in... This movie, a little bit, but it 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 really like sidelines it compared to the other ones. Mm. So spoilers ahead. Spoilers. There's a scene in the movie we watched. Yes, the second one where the horse explodes. It does explode. That sort of level of gruesome happens in every action scene in the oh, old man, one. I would have preferred that so oh, much more. You would have. L- I, I was, I was, this is what I'm going to say. You would have way preferred the first one than the second one. Because the second one has a lot of anime bullshit. Yep. <laughs> Whereas the first one actually doesn't. The, the anime bullshit in the second one did get a bit. Like, why is there a bad guy? Like, she just looks like a character from X-Men or Dragon Ball Z. And she's in this future world with green hair and a green superhero outfit. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What is this? Everyone else looks grounded but then she's not well here's the thing right in the first one nothing looked super grounded there was always a jarring thing in a scene okay so there's this rural town farm where they have like super electric fences that zap ghosts made of technology like awesome sure love that well to keep spirits and stuff away from the cattle right and like, the little farm boy holds a laser rifle and shoots it like vampires. I fucking- I love that. And I love giant mantas, and I love cyborg horses. Yes. And, like, th- that fucking tank with, like, the cross spotlights was awesome. Oh, yeah, that was very cool. That wasn't in the first one. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. The rocket ship in a castle for no fucking reason. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That shit is great. So that's sort of the stuff that was more in the first one. Okay. Like, the cyber horses. In the first one, it's great, because the cyber horses just, like, sound like normal horses, but they have that, like, auto-tuned. So you just heard one neigh, and you're like, what the fuck was that? No, I think that's kind of my general thoughts on this sequel, is, like, the world is great. 
I even like Vampire Hunter D as, a, as like a cowboy sort of character. I think that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that he's not the main character because everything I got from him in this movie was kind of boring and I hated the hand because uh, mm. fuck that hand. We, we'll get to the hand. <laughs> we'll get to the hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I just, I didn't care about the story and the animation was a little bit off. I don't know. Uh, maybe if the action was more gory, I would be okay with the lower quality of of animation well there was a lot more like the enemies in the first one were wacky demons Mm. he fights like a giant gorgon like green ogre thing that throws bombs okay he fights a little witch lady that summons spirits to like attack that's pretty cool he fights he fights one guy that just looks like david bowie in his younger years nice um he has the ability to, when you attack him, he can, like, teleport the attack. He can, like, warp space. Oh, yeah. And there's a whole bunch of... Oh, yeah, there's a flying raptor man. What? With, like, giant claws sticking out the back of his feet like he's got just spikes everywhere. That's cool. There's stuff like that in this movie, but they're more, like, X-Men villains. Yes, they're they're all, like, definitely human. Yeah. The only scene in the second movie is that uh, monster town, and we don't even get to fight any of those monsters, because they all get blown up by that weird spirit ghost OP guy. Yeah, what the, who would the the fucking Dr. Manhattan... Yeah, he was (laughs) awesome. ...comes in. Look, that (laughs) was a great scene. That was really good. But anyway, we'll get into the plot of Bloodlust in a second, I reckon. But first, you of course picked this, and your other option, mm. uh, a prize, uh, was called Glitter, and it's about Mariah Carey, who wants to be a big singer, uh, but she's got to choose between her friends and fame. I'm glad we did this one. <laughs> yeah. Because I have a lot to talk about with this one. Yeah, so this was released, uh, April 21st in Japan, but we are going by the American release date on this one, because we pick and choose. Uh, September 23rd in 2001 was when this came out in America. It is written and directed by Yoshiaka Kawajiri, who, uh, was heavily involved in writing and directing The Animatrix, which is a damn good anime movie. There you go. Uh, he also made an anime film in the Highlander franchise. Okay. Uh, this movie is based off the third novel in the Vampire Hunter D series. Yeah. Uh, the first movie is based off the first novel. So they just skipped the second one. Now, we both watched the English dub because it's the only one released anywhere, really. Uh, even in Japan, the version that was released was the English dub. Really? With Japanese subtitles. What? I don't know. All home media releases are in English. Oh, that's so sad because the voice acting was... Way fucking better in the first one. So the first one you watched in Japanese, I'm assuming? I watched it in Japanese, yes. And it was pretty great. Vampire D is appropriately moody. Good. All the other characters, like the wacky uh, villains and other things, have their cackling laughs. You know, it's a a good time. It's some great voice acting. All right. Every character sounds like they should. Uh, In this one... It was jarring, grating, and I hated it. Yeah. It was the one part I I was like, man, if we were watching the, the Japanese dub, this would genuinely be so much better of an experience. Yeah, unfortunately, that version can't find it anywhere. Yeah, the English, I just... Some of them were okay. I thought the um mm. the uh the the vampire hunter guy who was dressed in red, he sounded like Seth Green, and I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'll mention ones that I really hated. The hand. The hand, yeah. <laughs> the hand was a poor choice. Vampire Hunter D has a, like, face on his hand, which is a demonic parasite. This yes. is a, a very st- large staple of Japanese, like, demonic figures. Is this, like, face in your hand. Yeah. That's in a lot of uh, Japanese media. There was another movie that came out. I think it's called Parasite, isn't it? Oh, the other, yeah, I've seen some of that. It was all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, the main thing is he has a hand parasite. Yeah. So he has the same sort of thing. And in the first one, it has a sort of parasite voice. Parasite voice. Like, it's like a, <laughs> I'm a demon. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like a cheeky demon. Right. Whereas in the sequel, it sounds like a New York comedian. Yeah, yeah. So I can see why that was grating for you. Oh, it was the worst. <laughs> I was like, no, this is a terrible choice. Because it changes their character dynamic entirely. Yeah. So so what happened in the first movie is the, the little demon hand would, like, pester him. Mm-hmm. Like, specifically be like, oh, hey, don't forget you're a vampire idiot and then of course d's like hey you want me to cut you off <laughs> and the hand's like oh sorry sorry no 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 yeah it's 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 very funny that's fun yeah okay so more of a more of a oh i'm yeah. an evil little hand yeah whereas in the second one the hand's like what's the deal with the sad <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's the deal with staying out in the sun so oh, long no. don't you know you're gonna get cooked Hey, audience, I don't know if you heard that. Let me explain how vampires uh, work to you. Which is a shame, because the guy that uh, voices the hand is Mike McShane. Great comedian. Yes. It's just annoying <laughs> that, he's, that he voices this character. It's just an unfortunate poor casting, because it changes the dynamic to, like, he's like a sidekick. Yeah. Like an annoying sidekick. Um, he also won't shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, he keeps talking and it's so annoying. He talks a lot. He talks twice as much as in the first one. There was one really distracting part of the English cast as well, was John DiMaggio. He voices like four or five characters, and he oh. is Bender in Futurama and Jake the Dog in Adventure Time. So those two voices, like he's like one of the main characters in the Gears mm. video game series as well. It's so distracting whenever I hear him. So what you're saying is stop being so marketable. Stop being so good at your voices yeah. and appearing in other things and taking me out of them because I recognize you. <laughs> yeah, stop being so good at your job. Yeah, god damn it, John DiMaggio. No, he was all right, yeah, but it yeah, was yeah. a bit distracting whenever cuz I think it's distracting cuz he voices like like five characters. Yeah. He voices one of the bounty hunters, he voices heaps of like the background people as well. Yeah, at one point they swap between two characters, but it's both voiced by him. So I didn't know that they... I was so confused at who was talking. Yeah. It was a, it was an interesting choice. It's so weird that, the, like, for the theatrical release of this in Japan, you would have the English dub. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know why they did that. But speaking of the theatrical release, before we get to how much this cost, let's see how much people liked it. 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. That's higher than Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very high. It's yeah. very highly rated. The critics were like, if you're unfamiliar with anime, this might be a bit odd, but uh, the novels are pretty good, and this is a pretty good action horror experience. I wouldn't say it's horror, but it's definitely got some cool action stuff in there. 86% audience score. 
Uh, 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb as well. So I think anime fans love this. So I guess, Mm. I mean, I already know that I'm not an anime fan, but you are. Uh, But turns out maybe you're not actually, now that we... um we're not super positive on this. Oh, well, I liked it. I liked it. In, be- in the end, I, I'm i fine with anime. I don't have a large disdain for it, unlike regular Sandra, not regular. Uh, anime weeb Sandra. Oh, yes. Sorry, I'm currently playing anime weeb Sandra. Well, regular Sandra would never watch any anime ever under any circumstances. No. Only ones that are inspired by Western entertainment like Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Avatar, your favourite anime. I love Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah, with the blue people. Every time you make that joke. <laughs> yeah, I, I will make that joke till, till the day I die. <laughs> but yeah, I like, the, I like this film in the end. In the, fil- in the end, I like this more than a majority of the films we've watched recently. That's fair. But it, it, the problem is it's just, it's like a l- less good anime film than Cowboy Bebop. Mm. But it has a really cool universe. I liked the first movie a lot. Would you rate the first one a goodie? Yes, I would rate the first one definitely a goodie. This one is less of a goodie, but still a goodie. No, oh, you're spoiling your rating. Well, you, you, you asked for it. I know, it's all my fault. Yeah. I ruined our format. Oh no, what have I done? <laughs> but like, it, it had like a lot of gore. It was super gory, super brutal. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah, I would much prefer that. It had some boobs. Oh, that I That was love pretty them. cool. Yeah, I was like, wow, they really didn't put any boobs on display in the second no. one. Oh, we see one one nipple, but it's covered in blood. Oh, right. When was that? When uh, the blood version of the of Camilla comes out of the coffin. Oh, right. Yeah, she has like a bloody flesh boobs. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, the, the second movie. <laughs> I'll forgive you because you gave us weird bloody flesh boobs. Yeah. Um. Uh, it had very good action in the first one. I think it had better, almost better action. I'm going to look up the art for the first one, actually, so I can have a look. If you've ever seen early era Dragon Ball, it's just the same level. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, yeah, I see yeah. what you mean. The giant eyes and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she looks like Sailor Moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say earlier uh, that she is just looks like Sailor Moon. I think I prefer the look of the first one compared to what I can see of the second one. But if it's more gory, I think that would have probably carried me through. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, he'll chop a dude in half and you'll see his insides just splay out. Like, there's an evil demon that has, like, a hunchback and he shoots spiders out of this hive that's in his back. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, it's super gross. But Vampire Hunter D uses his hand... To, like, suck all the spiders in. Yeah. And then the hand, like, chomps and eats the spiders. And then Vampire D chops the dude in half. Oh, my God. And he splits it in half and you see the little hive in his back. That's gross. You see, like, the inner workings. I need to watch that scene. That sounds amazing and disgusting. And something out of a fucking Cronenberg movie. There's a lot of blood in this movie, but there's not a lot of gore in this movie. Yeah, exactly. There's a very distinct thing between blood and gore. There is a difference. There is a difference. Um, Now... Speaking of difference, uh, the budget was bigger for this one. I can confirm that. Yeah. Don't know how much the budget was, though. Okay. If Cowboy Bebop was like 10 to 20 mil, which would probably make sense considering the quality of animation on that, I'd say this might be five. Yeah, this is probably around five mil. Yeah. I would agree, something around that. Um, it's definitely 
better and improved, you could tell. Yeah. But yeah, it's missing it's missing a lot of things. Oh, no 3D in this. Unlike the other animes we've done, Pokemon and Cowboy Bebop had some 3D effects. None in this one. Interesting. Huh. What do you think it made in a very limited theatrical run? A mill. Nope. God damn it. I tried. Look. <laughs> A mill feels like the lowest I can really go for yeah. these sort of things. After that, it's it's purely like there's no way I'm gonna get it. What what did he get, Sandra? One hundred and fifty-one thousand dollars. Right. So not great. Yeah, not much. I think it probably made more money on home release, but Yes. Yeah. Well, we don't really have the statistics to know how well it did. But I think I know why this didn't sell well. I think I've got a theory, Zach. Okay. Because it's only got one tagline. Ah, uh, needed more taglines. Needed more definitely. of the taglines. I think that's the definite problem, yes. Uh, I'm going to do the, the tagline in the voice of the hand. Oh, God. Which one? <laughs> the good one, right? No, the bad one. <laughs> the good one, right? Ah, the good one. When the sun sets, the hunt begins. Yeah. It's very important in this movie, the sun. In the first movie, he is just in the sun. Oh, yeah. We haven't mentioned that. Vampire Hunter D is half vampire, half human. Yeah. So when he's out in the sun, it just kind of makes him tired. Well, yes. That's a big part of the second movie. Right. Okay. In the first movie... Most action happens in the dark anyway, so it's just not brought up. <laughs> that is just not a thing in the, the first movie. Yep. And uh, I'm glad it was not a thing. You're glad the sun set on that idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first off, for the tagline, I'll give it a, a, sh- a shaky uh, thumbs down. All right. Uh, whatever. Let's see if that changes when I redo it in uh, a different voice. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you. I'm a comedian from New York. All right. When the sun sets, the hunt begins. <laughs> I, I have to give it a thumbs up. The voice was too good. Like, I didn't even hear what words you said. <laughs> like, I couldn't understand a word, but I was entertained. William Shakespeare is known for writing many different styles of plays. He did tragedy. He did comedy. He did tragedy mixed with comedy. But he never did science fiction. From the mind of Rob Lloyd and the pen of Keith Gow comes a play that aims to fix that. Shakespeare Aliens. It's James Cameron's Aliens live on stage in the style of William Shakespeare. After a hit run of shows during the start of the year, we're back this October for the Melbourne Fringe Festival. Join us for an hour of action, tension and puppetry as our cast of characters try to escape the horrors of LV426. Featuring performances from friends of the show Cassandra Hart, Danny McGinley... Oh my gosh! <laughs> the two voices you're hearing right now... Hi, we're Zach and Law. As well as direction from frequent guest Rob Lloyd. As an oldie, I take offence to that. <laughs> and sound design from one of the hosts of this show. Do I do commercial radio promo voice? No. Shakespeare Aliens at the Melbourne Fringe Festival. That's October 11th to October 15th, 9pm at Gasworks Theatre. Head to melbournefringe.com.au for more, or check out the link in the episode description. 
right, now it's time to get into the plot of Vampire Hunter D Bloodlusts. It opens with the character called Charlotte, and she's taken. Mm. And we see, yeah, this shadowy figure come up from the streets and kind of walk across the rooftops and then take her from her chambers. And um, there's a lot of crosses just around town. Yes, but the crosses get fucked up because he uses his powers on them. It's a lot of, there's a lot of cross imagery. There's a bit of cross imagery in the first one. Mm. I'm going to compare this to the first one just immediately because of the intro. Because both intros have a damsel in distress, as it were. Okay. But the first movie opens up with Sailor Moon, like, riding out, hunting a demon. Yes. And she, like, shoots this demon. Okay. She pokes the demon to see if it's dead, and you're like, oh, the demon's not going to be dead. No way. And she turns around to walk away, and the demon gets up and, like, attacks this horse, murders the horse. Oh, tears the horse to bits, I reckon. Yeah, it was definitely a bit of a jarring start when a, <laughs> when you just see a horse murdered on screen. I was like, whoa, this is starting in the deep end. And then she gets attacked by the vampire. She gets just kind of marked by the the count and then just left. That is so much more like, yeah, that that is cooler than someone's taken by a vampire. You've got to go get her back. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting because then she tries to hide the fact that she was bitten. Oh, yeah. And, and sort of marked. And then she hires the vampire hunter, but she can't explain why she's hired the vampire hunter to people. But then uh, the town mayor's son, who's an asshole, learns about it. And then once he gets rejected... Ah, he spreads the lies around town. Yeah, he's like... Hey, she's been bitten by the vampire. She's been marked. That almost sounds like an allegory for something. Yeah. Like she's got to hide it and hire someone, but then all the dickhead in town finds out and tells everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. It really is. Because everyone ostracizes her. Like, she goes into a store to buy things, mm. and then the store owner's like, nope, we're sold out of everything. Get out of here. And everyone just leaves. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, but, but, is Charlotte taken by the vampire? Or does she want the vampire D? Yes. And I'm not just talking about vampire hunter D. I'm talking about she's in love with a vampire, spoilers. <laughs> and wants to get dick. It's interesting, because, like, most vampire love stories are, uh, like, the person who's not a vampire wants to be one. Charlotte yeah. doesn't really seem to carry the way. Well, there is a whole thing at the end where she's like, I want all of you. I want you to bite me. Yeah, yeah, And then he's like, no. And she's like, okay. And, yeah, my first note was, lol, this is just Future Blade. Because yeah. we're introduced to Vampire Hunter D. And it's like, these are the bounty hunters. They go around and they kill vampires. And, and they take money. And, yeah, it is Blade. But if Blade was set in, like, future medieval times and not yes. the Marvel Universe. Correct, correct. <laughs> so I can tell you that the first movie is just Castlevania plus Blade. Mm. If you combine both of those... And made it in, like, just an anime, that would be that movie. I mean, it sounds cool. I like Castlevania, I think, from what I've seen, and Blade is great. I, one, I very much like Castlevania. Yeah. And two, I very much like Blade. So, the first movie, I was very much down on board. We're also introduced to the other vampire hunters who are also on the job, and they've got this, like, massive tank car that they like drive around and they go to like a, a cemetery and there's zombie vampire things that they've got to fight and that's all fucking great because they've got like the cross spotlights that they shine on them and they burn up and yeah that's, that's awesome that's really cool 
It was really cool. It was a very cool introduction to those characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, li- I liked it as well, uh, and how each of them had a different, like, vampire-slaying tool. Yeah, I think my favourite is the homing crossbow on the guy's wrist. Mm. That he kind of sh- mm. shoots a couple times. That was cool. I liked the big guy with the hammer who mm. didn't get much scream time because he dies. Yeah. Spoiler. He's cool. But uh, he has a hammer, but it's like a giant hammer, and at the end of it is a giant wooden spike. Well, again, though, he was voiced by John DiMaggio, so the entire time I was like, it's just Jake the dog, but he's got a hammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. You could say that about a few of the cast, so <laughs> so I wasn't going to say that. I thought he was fine. Mm. It, their voices are just, yeah, they were very jarring after hearing the uh, the Japanese dub. Yeah. And that being perfect, I feel like it was quite jarring in this film, and I wish we had the other copy. Oh, well. Me too, but anyway. Oh, and their tank as well. You can, like, detach the wheels and use, like, the wheel- Like, one of the wheels as, like, a motorcycle and go off and do your own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got a lot of cool tech. They have a guy in the back who's in medical because he can, like, spirit warp. Yes. As Manhattan Man and just fucking wreck shit, which is awesome. Pretty solid. I love their, like, window hatches. They also, like- have, like, little peak holes for shooting arrows out of that are crosses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, everything's, like, cross-themed. Yeah, which is very... A very particular take of vampires is, um... Mm. I guess, like, the religious side of vampires, you know? Yes. And uh, it's interesting that this went down that road, but I think it, you know, it, it leads to great visuals, so I'm on board. Yeah, yeah. Um, and crosses do have an effect on the vampires... But they're not a huge effect. No, it just kind of weakens them for a bit. Yeah, yeah. It's not like you put a cross up to one, it's going to light on fire and burn, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's like they go, oh, it's a cross, you know. They don't like the imagery. It it wards them off, as it were, which is good. Yeah. Um, You can still stake a couple of vampires, though. Problem is if you miss, because that would be a mistake. You've got like a, uh, you've got a tab of vampire puns open, I think. No, 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 no. That's just one I know off the top of my head. (laughs) So then we're introduced to another very important side character. I've written down my journey of meeting this side character. Vampire Master D riding through the desert. His horse talks to him. (laughs) Oh, no. It's his hand. We've got an annoying sidekick. Ugh. Yep. <laughs> That's my journey of meeting the hand character. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it sucked. Mm-hmm. It sucked. And it was painful because of the first one. What happens is, is you hear him, like the scenes where you hear him talking to this disembodied voice, but you don't know who it is or what it is. Yeah, right. Then later on, he like puts his hand on someone's shoulder and they see that face on the hand yeah. and they faint. It's very subtle. It's a progressive thing. And this is just like, here's the hand character. Here's it being an annoying piece of shit. There you go. Yep. Here you go. Here's your sidekick. Uh, making jokes. Hope you like it. And he like, he complains a lot. Where in the first one, he's more like taunting. Yeah. In this one, it's more like, oh, I can't believe we're going to walk through a desert. Oh, I'm so tired. It's not like, you should kill everyone right now, which would be... Yeah, 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 that's exactly it, that's exactly it. He's, like, constantly, like, you should get out of the sun, you're super weak, I don't want to die. Like, he's complaining. Whereas the first one, he's like, 
Hey, don't you feel like eating everyone right now? <laughs> you big vampire bitch. <laughs> that sounds fun. I, I prefer that. Oh, it was great. It was great. And then Vampire D would like, do you feel like being severed from my limbs, bitch? <laughs> And the, the hands is like, oh, all right, all right, no oh, need to do oh, that. Calm down, no worries, mate, all right. Yeah, yeah, ah, it was great. It was a yeah, little back and forth, you know? And then in this one, yeah, he's just kind of annoying. And he's there to, like, explain to the audience what's happening. There's a lot more exposition in the second one than there is in the first one. Yeah, they do the anime thing of explaining everything all the time. Yeah, which I knew you would hate, <laughs> hate specifically. Because you literally named that as one of the things you hate. In the first one, they don't do that at all. Good. Nothing is explained. You know what would have been great? No one talks in any of this movie. It's just a silent movie. That'd be so cool. Well, that's it. Like, Vampire D has double the words, I think, in this movie than he does the first movie. There's literally, like, scenes where he's in it and doesn't speak the whole time in the scene. That's great. I love that. And people are just... (laughs) I think there's one scene in the first one where someone keeps explaining what Vampire D is thinking (laughs) while he's talking to him. So he's having a one-sided conversation with him. It's great. Nice. Uh, They come across a giant camouflaged house castle thing which is where the vampire who kidnapped quote-unquote charlotte is so they go there there's a fight there's like giant eye turrets which was a cool visual oh yeah yeah and he like flicks up pebbles to confuse the eye turrets i thought that was pretty cool um layla comes in and gets killed like an idiot yeah she doesn't get killed though but do we think she is it's it's so annoying that we never see her do anything like smart or good it's annoying that we don't see that for any of the vampire hunters. No, they're all dumb and annoying. <laughs> Aside yeah. from maybe the spirit walker guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's at the start where they murder all these vampires at the start. They actually kill that jester blanket guy, I think. Yeah, blanket guy was cool. Uh, but I wish that they'd killed more vampires. Like, we'd get to see that they're cool badass vampires. Vampire slayers, I should say. By killing vampires, you know? That's how you know. Um, whereas the only one who really is OP is the the Mr. Manhattan ghost vampire killer guy who is yep. super OP broken. He is uh, incredibly broken. And I'm not just talking about his physical body. Yeah, because the, the weakness is that he is... It, it kills him. He's, <laughs> he dies from it. Yeah. It literally is just a superhero character. Yeah. But yeah, she, Layla, uh, she's there. She throws off the plan. She allows them to escape by getting shot. Mm. And uh, Vampire Hunter D comes across her. And the hand, in the only line that I liked from the hand, the hand is like, uh, she's bleeding. She won't last long. It's a shame, really, to waste all that good blood. Mm. I was like, that's, that's kind of cool. That's all right. That's a good line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then he's immediately like, no, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah. Let's get out of here. Which I, yeah, I also thought was good. I also thought was good. But then uh, D goes over and he's like, oh, I'll patch this lady up. And she's like, why would this guy that I hate help me? <sighs> oh, my goodness. I was judging him for no reason beforehand, but now I'm confused because this has changed my perception of this random guy that I judge for no reason. So then they head to a 
a place uh, that's ruled by the Barbaros, and the Barbaros are Mark Hamill's Joker. <laughs> yes, but if he was like a very tiny old man on a unicycle. He was great. And one of my favourite things in all movies, it it makes me laugh and like a character every time, even if they're evil, is polite bad guys. And he's polite. Yes. He's a polite bad guy. And you know what? Uh, I'd say uh, D is also quite polite. They have a very polite mm. conversation where they're like, oh, hey, uh, I need you to stop this protection. I need you to kill this guy. Yeah, because they're protecting uh, the bad guy. Yeah, and they're like, oh, sorry, we can't do that. Uh also, by the way, you're a very handsome man. It's a shame. <laughs> I wrote that line down. Uh, yeah, yes, you're beautiful. Or doesn't that make you uncomfortable to find an old lech like me finds you desirable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little weird, but it was funny. I liked it. Um, and then they're like, oh, yeah, well, it's a shame because we're going to have to kill you. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's fair. But it's not really fair. There's a lot of combatants, right? <laughs> what if I just fought a couple? Yeah, and they're like, oh, you know what? That's a fair point. But then Dr. Manhattan comes in and kills everyone. Yeah, and then while they're having this conversation about to fight, Dr. Manhattan comes in and is like, fuck you, and just blows everyone up. And I was like, on one hand, that was awesome. Yeah. I was like, holy shit, what the hell is going on? On the other hand, I'm a bit disappointed because we could have had more monster gore in this movie if we had got to see him slice up some monsters. That would have been great, but no. Also, every time... Was this in the first one? Every time Vampire Hunter D slices someone, the screen, like, strobes. Uh... I thought that was an interesting choice. I liked it. I thought it was a lot better than the Dragon Ball Z thing of, like, the blue flame background when characters are, like, moving fast. I thought the strobing was cooler than that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know if it happened in the first one. I'm not sure if that happened. Yeah, I just thought it was an interesting thing that they did. It was more like the, the like, they clash and they, like, go through each other mm. and then... One of them collapses, or one of it. It's more like it was more like black and white. Like he would slice someone, and they would go like everything would go black and white. Oh but yeah, you'd see a body part like fly off. That was one point where he chopped a guy's hand off. That happened. That's uh, very classic. Yeah. Um. So Doctor Manhattan comes and kills everyone. Then Vampire Hunter D. Uh. He such a long name. We'll just call him Mister D. No, his his name is D. He's not Vampire Hunter D. That's not his yeah, name. That's the name of the movie. That's the, yeah. Oh, sorry, I forgot the main character's name is the name of the that's movie. The whole time I've been watching the new Lord of the Rings show, and it's classic fantasy. Every person's name is their full title. You know. Sorry. So yeah. I've yeah, got yeah. to say Mister D's full title every time. It's also weird if I call. Mr. D. No, no, Mr. D is good. I like that. It's like uh, Mr. X, but it's Mr. D. Mr. Big D. The problem is they don't refer to him very much this movie. Again, he's he's less of a main character in this movie, which is weird coming from the other movie where he was definitely the main character. Yeah. And he had the most screen time, whereas... They kind of spread out the screen time to, like, everyone in this movie. I mean, it makes sense if the books are like that. You know, he's like this yeah. cowboy character. He comes in and does stuff. But that that's, again, the problem with this movie, I feel, is that it's trying to be the book a bit too much. Okay. So I think it... I think the problem with this movie is it focuses a little too much on, like, villains. Mm, it does. And their backstory. It does. Whereas the first one, you'd have these random characters that he fought and killed. 
and they were just like bizarre and random and they had no explanation. Like, oh, here's a flying raptor man with blades just sticking out of him. Yeah, whereas in this one, you'd get at least uh, two lines of dialogue about where he came from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've got You've got lines of dialogue for everyone. Whereas it had like a couple of villains in the first one which had stories so that the rest of them no one oh i literally wrote down a few quotes later there's so many characters with so many different powers and backstory ah yeah yeah exactly so, yeah. what what it needed more was random goons for them to murder just for the bit of action you know all you need to know is that they're bad evil demon things and they're trying to murder yadi and your D has to get those demons off it. Otherwise, your demon's gonna yeah, your demon's gonna infest your D. I think there's pills for that. <laughs> ah. uh, so anyway, the carriage uh, that they're following, they go to attack it. Turns into a piece of cloth. Fucking great visual. Ooh, uh, yes. the, the cloth eventually goes around Mister D's horse. So the horse can't see, falls off a cliff and dies. So now he doesn't have a horse. And like, <laughs> explodes on the ground as well. It's yeah, pretty yeah, brutal. It does. Imagine that gore and imagine it in every single action scene in the film. That would have been so much fight. Stop making me jealous. Yeah. God damn it. I wanted to watch the first one, I think. So yeah, there's a, there's heaps of fighting. Eventually one of the guys kills the cloth vampire. It's, it, he just kind of chops him in half. It's, it's fine, I guess. Yeah. Uh, well, there's, there's a few things that lead up to it, right? There's like a, he's like jumping around being very evasive, mm. but they sort of like corner him and one gets a quick shot off. So he has to dash to another place where a guy has already thrown his blade and he gets chopped in half. Like, it's like the one scene in the movie where the vampire hunters actually do some vampire hunting. That was the, yeah, that's the one scene where they act strategic, yes. I guess, as well. The next time they do it, they just place some explosives. Yes. And then threaten to blow everyone up. And then, <laughs> and then they're like, all right, we're going to get our thing because we're about to blow everyone up and no one's going to do anything. And then just someone disables the explosives. Yeah, so that, that was yeah. that action scene. There's a short break in the movie where Mr. D heads over to like an Old West town to buy a new horse. And Layla gets him in trouble with the sheriff. The guy who he's buying the horse off, he tells this story as to why they should let Mr. D go free uh, because he helped them save their kids like a uh, hundred years ago. Yes. And that was a great story, but show us what happened. Yeah. It's all just the old man telling the story. Show us. It's anime. You can do anything. Show us what happened. Yeah. that That's a fair point because we just see them standing around in this standoff. Yeah, and, yeah. Where they're pointing guns at D. D is just standing there with his new horse being like, I just wanted to buy a horse. <laughs> and this old man's like, you fucking young idiots with your bigotry. Yeah. I was there when this man literally saved my life. Yeah. Oh, well, he also has, like, the biggest gun in the entire movie. Just this massive <laughs> yeah. RPG that he point blank points at the sheriff. Yeah, which is very funny. That was cool. It's good stuff. I like that. I wish they'd done, yeah, like some sort of animation thing. Mm. But the problem with that, Sandra, it would give away the fact that uh, D is the vampire in that story. Oh, but I'm sure true. they could have worked around that. Uh, go first person or have him be in the shadows or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's a way to do it. Anyway, uh, then after that, Charlotte's just let out of the carriage and she walks around and she goes to a lake place and... 
meets Dee, and they have a chat. Charlotte reveals that she's in love with Maya, actually, and this was all planned. It was a getaway yeah. to get rid of her her annoying parents, because her dad's a bigot man. And then they got to fight the green hair lady. She comes in. She's Poison Ivy. But if Poison Ivy was an X-Man with long hair. I disagree. She is Kevin from the Ben 10 cinematic universe. What the fuck? Um, (laughs) You immediately go to Google that. I know who (laughs) Kevin is, but I cannot see the similarity at all. No, no, no. No, it's the same powers. Is it? He absorbs material and turns <laughs> into it. Yeah, yeah, he does. I in, about in that. In the second series, not the first series, obviously. Alien Force, yes. if I remember it correctly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, the point was, it has the same powers of absorbing materials, which I quite like. I like that power. I think it's very cool. And it is very X-Men-y because they're not necessarily vampires. No, they're superheroes. Yeah, yeah, like, people are mutated. There are mutants because it's post-apocalyptic. Yeah, so she, like, turns into a tree lady, and then he chops her up into tree pieces, which was cool. Uh, But then she comes back, and she fights with Layla, and Layla puts a dagger in her head, and she says, Wow, that really cleared my head. (laughs) You see, it's, uh, she was getting a bit ahead of herself, wasn't she, Sandro? (laughs) Ha ha! A bit of headache, because then lightning strikes and she gets electrocuted and dies. Yeah, deus ex lightning. It's not even like a, here's a good excuse as to why. Just a random lightning bolt saved her. But then it starts to rain, and Layla and Vampire Hunter D, as I just said, I, I said it's full, I, I don't fucking care. It's they just hide, D! They hide underneath a tree, and they have a deep and meaningful conversation where they realise, oh, they're actually quite similar. Because mm. there's a love interest, or the fr- a friendship, I, it's not fleshed out enough. No. Really. But it's in the movie. <laughs> but But she, like, hurries through this dialogue that they have. She has, like, a she the the voice actor like hurries through this dialogue to try and get the scene down because it's it's it sounded rushed to explain all this thing because she's like oh and by the way we should both uh lay flowers on each other's graves when one of us dies yep haha <laughs> jk unless unless oh i'm so glad no one says that what no one ever says that ever full stop in anime in anime no one ever says owu it's everyone outside of anime that says owu true but i also w- i i also wouldn't put it past like some teenage high school anime yeah well i wouldn't put it past for you to know about that sandro you big fucking weeb oh what do you mean i fucking love my girlfriend as a witch and she has a dungeon what yep that's probably a show <laughs> Oh, sorry, I forgot that you can just... You, uh, anime Sandro has the ability to come up with anime titles that verbatim exist. That's right. Help! My best friend is a sorceress. Oh, I love that show. That was one of my favourites. It fell off after the second season, but it was pretty good. My favourite is uh, Mars Women Harem. That's a show. Oh, yeah. Mars Women Harem. Mmm, that's one of my favourites. I can't wait for the second season of that to come out. Yeah, on that one, they go to Uranus. (laughs) Mars women harem on Uranus. (laughs) Real highbrow comedy this week. (laughs) You see, that one's good because it's progressive, because it's actually... uh, 
They they have strap-ons. They're in your anus. Yeah, my goodness. That was a pun and acted funnier than I was expecting. <laughs> this is so stupid. What are we doing? Oh, uh, we should never review anime ever again. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> this is so dumb. So, so, then, after that, after that big, <sighs> deep, and meaningful, they go their, their separate ways, uh, and they see that the carriage, <laughs> the carriage is heading towards a dangerous castle. So they're like, "We're going to attack on the bridge," and they do that. They put out the, the bombs out, as you said. Mm. And Maya, the evil, quote unquote, evil vampire, walks out, and he starts to burn up. Yeah, we never see why he's known as an evil vampire. He's only like a good boy vampire. They reference that he's killed people, but yeah, we never see it. Yes, even he references. It's again, it suffers from a lot of telling, not showing. Yep, all anime does. <laughs> well, but, I, I would argue the first movie does a lot of showing and not telling. And it's very compelling. So, so yeah, he starts to burn up. And um, they're like, oh, if he's going to go through that then that means that he probably does actually love her. Mm. And then she's like, don't kill him, don't kill him. And they're like, oh, hang on a second. Maybe they they were telling the truth. But we can still kill both of them and get the money. So that's what they do. Yeah, well, yeah. It's it's this weird explanation thing they go through. I wish... He had seen, we had seen his, like, struggle, like, we see him struggling not to kill her, mm. which proves he's a good vampire, mm. but I wanted to see why they think he's a bad vampire. Yeah, I would have preferred to see that. Like, maybe he does defend himself and he's cool in action, but he doesn't get an action scene until the end, so I don't know. Yeah, like, it's, uh, it's annoying. No, it's very disappointing. But we do get... A cool vampire in this scene. Vampire who's also a werewolf. Because his tummy turns into a wolf. Mmm. Yeah, he's got wolf tummy. That was pretty cool, actually. I quite liked the wolf face, ma'am. Because he's like a normal werewolf, except his entire stomach is a mouth as well. Very cool. And he's not a vampire, he's a mutant, Sandra. Oh, I guess you're right. From everyone's favourite mutants. He he's uh animal. He's beast. He's beast, yes. Yeah. Animal from the Muppets? <laughs> yeah. That's that's what I said first. And I'm like, that's a Muppet, not a, not a X-Men. But also, Animal is a mutant he is. Uh, from X-Men. But he was kicked out for sexual harassment because he kept running around yelling women. <laughs> Whoa, man. Yeah, that checks out. So uh, then they all go into the castle because the wolf guy, he kills a bunch of people. Um, and they go into the castle. Now, the castle is the home of Camilla. Yeah. Who is someone Vampire D's dad kills. He killed yes. Camilla. And the castle is haunted by her spirit. So, important notes. In the first movie, it's only at the end it's revealed that he is the son of, like, of essentially Dracula. Mm. Oh, the bad guy in the first one is his dad. No, no, no. Here's what I'm saying. The vampire in the first one, the the main villain, yep. is just this old vampire. Oh, okay. It's just this old vampire. He's really powerful because he's quite old, but right. he's just this old vampire. But it's revealed that D is the son of, like, Dracula, mm. who is, like... The Vampire God. Oh, they say that in this. They say the Vampire King in this movie, I think. Yes, they say King. But in the first one, they say God. Vampire God, fuck yeah. Pretty metal. Yeah, he is literally the Vampire God. And they literally, like, they worship him. One of the vampires goes to pray at a painting of him, which later comes back when 
Vampire D is fighting underneath the painting and they go, holy shit, he looks just like that painting. Okay. It's a huge revelation for them. They're like, holy fuck, what do we do? Mm. We are fighting against our own god. That's kind of cool. But also in the castle, we see Maya and Charlotte walk in and uh, Camilla is there and she's like, ah, you've come. Yes, I'm going to send you to space in a rocket. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah, and that was great. I mean, it makes sense. There's no, like, if you go to the dark side of the moon and just live there. Yeah. It's a great place for vampires. Yeah. Anyway, everyone walks in. It's it's so it's so painfully predictable because they all walk in and they all have their own dreams and they've all got to break out of the dreams. So what happens is Camille's like, "Oh, uh, everyone says I'm a bad person. Don't worry about it. Anyway, you guys go sit in this room and be happy." And then the vampire guy's like, "Oh, I got to go kill D, so I'm just going to leave you here by yourself, lady. Bye." But- and then of course it turns out the crimson vampire lady is super evil. Oh yeah, and she like kills Charlotte or something. <laughs> to have the blood so that she can come back to life. Because, by the way, Camille is actually dead, and it's her spirit that haunts this place. Yes. And she uh, she's just such a powerful vampire that she's able to, like, corporealize herself. So Dee sees his mum. He, he breaks out of the illusion before he gets attacked. Yeah. Uh, the evil vampire slash good vampire slash in love vampire sees his wife being like, I want to leave you. There's the vampire killer dude. Yeah, he's only got one eye now, and he he sees his friends come back to life. Yeah, he sees his two other vampire hunter friends who have previously died in this film. I mean, he sees them alive again. He's like, oh my god, you guys are alive. And then he gets shot in the back. Exactly, pretty classic. And then Layla. Yes. What happens with her? I can't remember. She sees herself when she was a child, crying at her own grave, and she, like, goes over to herself and is like, hey, you, here's a hug. You don't need to be sad anymore. So then the, the, they all wake up from their dreams and are like, whoa, that was kind of weird. It distracted us for some reason. Why is Camilla distracting us? Oh, because she's using the blood to resurrect herself. Yeah. And so they fight. So Vampire D fights the spirit of Camilla. Yes. So he goes into another dream world spirit land to fight the spirit of Camilla, he ends up using his hand to kind of break her? Well, no. The, the hand kind of consumes her because it can, like, suck in, like, magic and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what the, the hand does. Because yeah. first, earlier, we saw it suck up a spell. Yeah, so it does that to her. Yeah. Meanwhile, the physical body of her... Yeah, it's coming to life. It's coming to life. But then she, like, runs, her physical form runs to go suck more blood out of the human. Mm. And then the the good vampire shows up and beats the shit out of her. Yeah, and then she dies. And then Dee shows up and is like, oh, cool, we killed Camilla. That's cool. Anyway, I'm still going to kill you to get Charlotte back. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I don't know why Dee is so obsessed with this for some reason. Maybe he doesn't know. I don't know. Yes, but in the first one, he was, like, purely acting on logic. Or, like, heart. You know, he was just a kind of a good guy. Yeah, in this, he's acting like how I play Geralt in The Witcher, which is I do everything for money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a bit bit more sort of selfish, but he's not, but he is. Yeah. Because he is acting for the money, but he also stopped to patch up the main lead. Oh, yeah, he did do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like a good guy, but also he's just in it for the money. It's I don't know. it, It seems a bit confused. 
Because then what happens is Layla goes towards Charlotte, is like, no more violence. And she takes Charlotte's ring and throws it at Dee so that he can take the ring back to her family to say, oh, yeah, she died and just take the money. Yeah. So I don't know why he went to fuck because if because like he knows that she's alive. Yeah, he's, it's weird. It's a weird ending. It's a weird ending. It's very odd. Uh, but then they go into the rocket. They go to space and Layla and D ride off into the sunset. Um, and that's pretty much the end of the movie. It ends with a fl- yeah. with a flash forward mm. to Layla's funeral, and we see her granddaughter come up towards D and go, "Hey, it's you." And D's like, "Yep, yep." And she's like, "Come over for tea." And he's like, "Nah, nah, bruh." Uh, he does explain. He's like, he's just there to make sure she got some flowers on her grave, but yeah. she's got loads of flowers from all her family. So it was very, it was a nice, cute little ending there. And um, that's the movie. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it was good. It could have been a lot better, I feel. It's too long, I think, as well. It's like yeah. 20 minutes too long. Well, that the problem with it is it tried to cram so much in. Mm. And I feel like it's less that it's long, it's just tried to cram too much. Maybe. Which was unfortunate. Um, But yeah, I just... There's so much, as you described it, anime bullshit in this movie. There's a lot. It, it it just it just kind of annoyed me in the end. Yes, I, I stopped caring halfway through. Yeah, I definitely um, think you enjoyed this a lot less than I did, just because it was it was pretty heavy in the anime bullshit. Uh, the writing um, it's hard to say the writing is bad because we watch the English version, so obviously the translation is going to be a lot worse. But yeah, the translation was hands down the worst part of this movie by far. Yeah, the acting's bad, and the way that they write the anime dialogue is just it's it's bad. It, it's it's very bad, <laughs> and it drags down the whole movie. I would say. And if I watch the original, I'm sure it would be a lot better. It probably is going to be better. But there is still, yeah, the the same old stuff. Not as much talking during fight scenes, but there's a little bit of that, which always annoys me. As well mm. as random exposition that, that's not needed. Granted, world and the world building is great. Yes. And the art style is great. Animation could be better. Um, but I'm not going to judge that too hard because of the budget. So, you know, yeah. it is what it is. But I think the yeah. animation was perfectly fine and even quite good in places. So so I'm probably going to give this an oldie, but I, I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's just I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. I think um, mm. another movie set in this world with this art style could have been really cool. Yeah. Can I recommend the first movie, lol? I'll give it a goodie, but it's less of a goodie than the first one. But the first one, I don't know if this is necessarily a better movie. It's just like, I can forgive it for a lot of things because it's such an old movie, you know what I mean? Like, I would say it has a worse animation quality, but it it goes with that as its style. Yeah. Yeah. So a goodie from you, an oldie from me, and an all-round D for the Vampire Hunter. <laughs> hey, I'd give it I'd give it more of like a like a B or B minus. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. When you walk through an art museum, what happens? You see some interesting things. You see some not so interesting things. <laughs> and if you're like me at all, you, you're probably a little bit sleepy. Well, grab a cafecito and listen up. It's Art Slice, a palatable serving of art history. I'm Russell Shoemaker. I'm Stephanie Duenas. We are not your daddy's art history <laughs> podcast. We are both artists. So we look at art history through that perspective. We cover the artists, you know, and those that have been ignored for so many different reasons. We look at the context of the time. We compare it to today. We don't dumb anything down, but, and this is a big but, we like to have a good time, okay? Nos gusta to goof (laughs) around, all right? We have hungry pantry mons that might startle you. It's a long story. We we feed them our materials. Art is just a visual language, so in order for us to interpret what we think it's saying, we hijack the work. Right. How do you like that for an art heist? Exactly. And ultimately, we decide if it belongs in our Art Slice Museum on top of the Art Slice Hilltop. So So if this all sounds good to you, join us on Art Slice a palatable serving of art history. Let's come up with a sequel. <laughs> Speaking of sequels, there aren't any to this. Uh, there, the, the series did get turned into a manga in the early 2000s, mm. I think after the success of this movie. Um, there was an animated TV series in the works. Oh, interesting. That never, they've made a pilot, but then COVID happened and there's been no updates since then. Oh, that's really sad. Because I feel like this would be a great, like, monster of the week Mm. anime tv show that would be really good because it would just be the witcher but like in this weird sci-fi world yeah i'd watch the hell out of that that'd be great even if it is like just played by henry cavill but it's like (laughs) it's the witcher but this one's in the future like even that would be cool you know oh absolutely but no, we've got to make our own sequel. Uh, crossing it over with a random movie we've done on the podcast, all thanks to a random number generator. Should be easy, I think. This is an easy crossover. Yeah. Let's get a random number. 121. Okay. So episode 121. Let me uh, go see what, what, what movie we reviewed on that episode. Oh, it's actually quite apt. Ooh, well, that's good, because I said it was going to be easy, but I thought, I secretly thought it was going to be very, very stupid and convoluted. So, in the movie that we just watched, we've got a vampire fallen in love with a human. Uh, yes. And in the movie that we did on episode 121, we've got a human fallen in love with a demon. I'm talking about the hit film from 1987, My Demon Lover. Oh. A film which we both hated, but on retrospect, it was kind of funny. Ah, <laughs> uh, on your retrospect. It, that was about, yeah, the piece of shit guy doesn't want to fall in love with anyone because he's a demon and then she comes along and... Oh, God. This one's... This one is... This is bad. This it is was a- funny. It was funny. I'm not saying it's bad, the movie. I'm saying it's bad for a crossover. Yes. So I realized trying to translate real life... Like, if we're if we're going canonically, that people wanted to do a crossover movie... Between these two forgotten properties. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense, does it? <laughs> no, not I at mean, all. I mean, 1987 was closer to the actual original movie, because it was like 1985, I think, which the original came out, so... At least they're around the same time, but yes, this is, makes no fucking sense. All right, we're going to have to take our My Demon Lover characters and put them in the anime universe. So the city that they're in, this whole time, was in the future. Oh my god. It's the one surviving city. 
The New York yes. has stayed the same, even though the whole world has fallen into bits and kind of devolved around it. Yeah, yeah. We could learn maybe the government put up like a super dome or something. Yeah, to protect New York or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which would explain why someone has demon powers. Yes. And no one's, everyone's like, oh my god, it's this like demon. I've never heard of that. You know, there's this evil castle, that sort of thing. But it's because the government has been denying what's happening outside. Mm. Because the government caused all this big war. Oh, yeah. but And they're trying to keep the people of New York secret because they're the biggest voters. Yep. <laughs> so from memory, she becomes a demon at the end of My Demon Lover. Yeah. So they both are on the run from the government. Yeah. Because they're both demon people. One could say vampires, mm, almost. Vampire mutant sort of characters. Yes, And correct. so they, uh, th- they escape. And the only way to escape is to cross the bridge, the entrance mm. into New York, and the only exit out of New York. And they break through that. It's a massive action scene. And they reveal, much like, um, I don't know, the end of the Truman Show or something, they burst out and, oh, it's a medieval world? Yeah. There's vampires and zombies and stuff. Medieval post-apocalyptic disaster place. Yeah, they see ruined buildings. It's like, what happened here? We cut to vampire hunter Mr. D, man. He's there. Yeah. He's getting the job. The job is from a secret kind of government figure. Yes, yes. And they're like, we need you to hunt down these two vampires that have just appeared on our radar. And vampire hunter... Of course, takes takes the the money and other things, but he's also a bit suspicious mm. as to why this the shifty individual. He seems a bit sussy wussy. We get flashbacks to his childhood of why he doesn't trust the government. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I was, what? That's anime <laughs> bullshit. Everything goes back to their childhood. <laughs> no. What? what? is happening okay sure if for some reason he doesn't trust organized government yes is it because he's a half vampire and people just generally hate him well that's yes we realized the flashback was kind of pointless yeah like what do you mean we realize you realize no no no. the audience halfway through uh. watching this incredibly <laughs> stupid flashback going this is kind of pointless actually yeah yeah this is not needed in this movie but it's explained anyway. Yeah, so then he goes after them, uh, but when he meets up with them, there is a bit of a fight, but he also realises these guys are fucking idiots. Yeah. They're really silly that they keep making jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're just kind of goofing around. Yeah, and he's like, these guys aren't malicious, we don't need to kill them. Maybe I shouldn't kill them, maybe I should kill the people who hired me to kill them, because they seem like the yeah. evil ones. And then it's yeah. it's the Hunger Games Mockingjay. It's a rebellion against the government. I hate that. It's everyone rebels and they all storm New York City to let all the people of New York out and see the truth of what happened. That sucks. So I'm going to change it now and so it never exists. I'm going to say he teams up with the two My Demon Lovers and those three of them going on a murder spree of the government. Uh, more of a murder spree than a general revolution. Yes, uh, because that way you could have the gratuitous gore everywhere of just murdered politicians. Yeah, it's true, I guess. Oh, yeah, it turns into, yeah, just them on, like, their own mission trying to kill everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and they're making jokes along the way and they're getting into hijinks and there's some weird sex comedy shit because I'm pretty sure that was in that first movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'd like, I'd like it if, like... 
they have a few mock politicians up there just so happen to look like today's politicians that just get murdered. Yeah. Oh, I've just thought of a title. Mm-hmm. But because of the title being what I want it to be, I need to add a love triangle into the movie. Of course. Where Mr. D enters a bit of a three-way sort of love with the original couple. Okay. And the movie is called My Demon Lovers. All right, that's that. Let's do some reviews. Yes, all right. It's time for raving reviews. It's part of the show where I get to the most gory and bloody section of review scores. That's right. I go on Rotten Tomatoes and I go to the audience, not the reviews, because as we all know, Reviews are just plain wrong. Oh, they gave this positive as well, so, you know. Nope, they're still wrong. Um, and uh, we go to the audience, because the audience is always correct, mm-hmm. and I get the most correct reviews, and I display them for all the world. I also add my own little twist, I add my own review, and Sandro has to guess the scores mm. of these reviews that I tell him. Between 0.5 and 5, with half points allowed, if I remember correctly. Correct. The first one is by Samuel, who says, still a better love story than Twilight. Oh, that's, uh, that's, I guess one person's got to make the joke yep. every time. It was the first one I saw. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's a better love story than Twilight. Doesn't give me, I mean, it's a generally positively reviewed movie. Mm. So I'll go 3.5. It is 3.5. It is. Oh, yes. That was a good guess. The next one is by Alan, who says, a great dystopian anime. Mm. This is one of those rare sequels, which are much better than the original. Okay, better than the original. So surely it's going to be above a. Uh, it's going to be above a four. Actually, I will say four, not above a four, just a four. Why is that? Because I can't see anyone giving this five. Because it's like it's good, and it seems like everyone yeah. thinks it's good, but not a five good, you know? Right, yeah. So I'll go four. It could be 4.5, but I'll go four. It is four out of five. You were correct. That was uh, was a good guess. Just like Cowboy Bebop. Mm. I'm on the level, actually. Yeah, Anime Sandro knows anime fans. I do. David says, not as good as the original. Oh, oh, it's the opposite of what the other person says. It's literally the complete opposite. Uh, two. I'll go two. Oh, your first Failure, Sandro. Yeah. It's actually a three out of five. Oh, still positive. All right. Still, still reasonably positive, but not as good as the original. Cass, who says, not too bad of a vampire character. Some characters I wish they did more with. Yeah. This movie I found to be anticlimactic. Mm. The animation is wonderful. Agreed. It looked really nice. Uh, the movements weren't great, but it looked nice. And I'm going to say that's probably a solid 3.5. Still positive. It's three out of five. So ah, close. So close. It was I've three lost out of five it. Again. I'm off the beat. I actually hate anime now. I'm <laughs> regular Sandro. Ah, regular Sandro, you're back to failure. Yeah. Danny G says, Flixer, you are some true idiots. How are you going to show a PlayStation game as your movie trailer? What? Stupid assets. Flexer? Yeah, Flexer is a uh, American movie uh, distributing social media site where you can find uh, uh, random uh, movie suggestions. And the, the what? So this movie <laughs> was suggested to this guy on Flexer. Yeah, the trailer for this movie on Flexer is a PlayStation game, and he's angry at that. And instead of 
putting that on the platform where he saw the trailer. He's putting <laughs> yep. it on a completely different social media site yep. called Rotten Tomatoes. What do you think they rated this? <laughs> well, it's got nothing to do with Rotten Tomatoes. So it's either 0.5 and this person doesn't know how the internet works. It doesn't know... It's, I don't know. It's just dumb. I'm trying not to say it. It's just dumb. Or... It's still the rating that he would give the movie, so it's like four. All right, which one do you want to go with those? Zero point five. This guy's an idiot. It's four. Oh it was my four. god! It was exactly four. You were exactly on the money with the second one. That's so funny that you got it completely right. Uh, uh, that's so funny. That review annoys me so much. That was beautiful. Thank you, Danny. Dear me. All right, and our final one is by Pia Luigi, who says vampirically great visually fantastic vampirically great as in the vampires are good is that what that means nope he said vampirically great i that's that's not an adjective that you that works in in that set but positive so 4.5 out of 5 3.5 3.5 Damn it Only two points for anime Sandro on that one You were, you were doing so well at the beginning Yeah, it's because I killed him halfway through And I was like, I can do this myself, but no Yeah, yeah, that's really what happened Your one is n- not as good as the original Because two reviews being back to back That are the same sort of thing I I can't believe it I Quite frankly, I don't believe it, mister uh, Well, you clearly have not been through the Rotten Tomatoes Because that happens all the time <laughs> That's true It's all the time uh, no, my one was still a better love story than Twilight. Yours was the Twilight. Yeah, <laughs> I made oh, the dumb nice joke. One. It was me. I did the dumb joke. I like it. I like it. Anyway, that 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 was yours. I got two points all up on that one. So, oh well, not great. Anyway, that is the episode right there. We're done. Done and dusted. Uh, the vampire D is is now no longer a D and is dust, which also starts with a D. So technically, it's still D. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, well, maybe he should be dirt, Sandro. Oh. Or, or dug into a ditch. That would change the first letter, wouldn't it, Sandro? Or dead. You dumb dumb. <laughs> uh, if you like the show, tell a friend. That really helps out. Or if you uh, if you want to help us out, you can review the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, thanks to everyone mm. who's done that already. Really helps get the show out in front of brand new people. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, and Patreon. Oldie but a goodie pod is where you can find us on all those platforms. Patreon.com. Popping off right now. Popping off because we've got The Price of Milk with Mr. Carl Urban. We're popping off with that review. It's up there right now. You could really help out the show by sharing it with your friends. Tell tell them. You'd be like, hey, my favourite podcasters, they talked about my favourite D. I just love D, and I think you should know about my favourite D. Tell your grandma, be like, hey, here's, here's a good show about my, my favourite D. You like a good bit of D, don't you, grandma? Here's a podcast about that. I don't think anyone would say that, because that would be too silly. <laughs> what do you mean? I don't see any problem with that sentence. Uh, all the links are in the episode description. That's all that. And now it's time for me to make a choice. I feel like the whole world revolves around me. <laughs> No, I feel like the world <laughs> quote, is... Quote, unquote, quote, unquote. Hey, Sandro, edit this out, edit this out, edit this out. Oh, you can't edit it out anymore because I said edit it out. Damn uh-huh. it, damn it. <laughs> the um... whole world revolves around me, Sandro, 2022, <laughs> full stop. 
<laughs> You're just like that influencer who somehow said that all at, at like a conference answering a question. Really? Yeah, someone said that they were like more important than regular people <laughs> because they were a streamer. That's so, that's so dumb. I would never say that on, on a thing. Anyway, whole world revolves around you. Therefore, you are the person most likely to choose the next uh, movie. Oh, I love choosing things. <laughs> yeah, choices are inherently pretty fun. I like them. All right, we've got a we got a, a few uh, good choices here. Starting with a great choice is called Born Romantic. Oh, are you talking about Mr. D? Uh, nope. A full love story set in a salsa club. Oh, I do actually like salsa. Now that that could be good. Some hot salsa dancing. Yep. A dinner rush. A guy tries to turn his restaurant into a New York destination spot. All right, all right. So he's kind of, he's wheeling and dealing. He's out flyering mm. and frying. He's uh, mealing on the wheeling. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wheels on wheels. Reference to a previous episode we've done. Don't say a word. All right. A psychiatrist has to get information out of his mental patient when his daughter gets kidnapped. Uh, just a pretty typical thriller sort of thing, then. Yes. Extreme Days. Four, bo- four boys. Another four people. I don't know why there's a lot of fours this week. Four boys head off on a road trip to do some extreme sports. Oh, yeah. Uh, hilarity ensues. That's the choice so far for me. I love extreme sports and the boys. Yeah, remember at the start of this when I said you had good choices? I lied. Okay, <laughs> we have Hearts in Atlantis. Oh, I've seen that. Stephen King adaption about a young boy who starts up a friendship with a mysterious older man. Yeah, it's played by Anthony Hopkins. I've seen it. Ooh. Not a good adaptation of the book, oh. but an okay movie nonetheless. Oh. Yeah. Okay, and finally, we have uh, <laughs> an interesting choice. We have Zoolander. Ooh. Which is a classic comedy about fashion. What is this? A movie for us? Because in the movie, he's like, what yeah, is this, a house movie for, for ants? ants. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Yeah. I got the joke. Yeah, uh, no. Damn, as much as I really want to do extreme days. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Do you want to have four boys head off on a road trip to do some extreme sports and hilarity ensues? Yeah, hell yeah, because it's the boys and, then they, and they've all got frosted tips. <laughs> oh, no. No, I definitely don't want to do that one. You've seen Zoolander, right? Yes, I've seen Zoolander. Do you like it? I quite like it. Yeah, I like Zoolander. Yeah, Zoolander's great. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, 2001, rough for comedies. You know, rough for comedies. It is a bit rough for comedies. I'll give you that. Zoolander, probably one of the best comedies of 2001. But there's one that I would say is better that you didn't pick. And I think it's the funniest movie of 2001. And it's called Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that movie. I would say those two are probably... Definitely the two good comedies from 2001. Well, I've only seen one of them, Sandro. So how are we get, how how are you going to fix that? How, we can't we can't just pick wet hot summer. It's not out this week. What what can we possibly do to possibly choose this movie that you were trying to lead into here so that we could add it on here as a thing that we're going to do? Maybe we've got to do 
a best comedies of 2001 bonus battle. We're going to let the points speak for themselves. Oh my God. It's a legendary bonus battle between the two greatest comedies of 2001. Zoolander and Wet Hot American Summer. This is actually, they're both very funny. So this could be a tight competition. Ooh, I love it when (laughs) in Zoolander when it's tight. Ooh, tight and wet hot. Mm. It's what I like Mm. in my movies. (laughs) And and my (laughs) anime harem on Uranus. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right, next week, we haven't done a bonus battle on the main show this year. We usually do one a year. So, oh, and last year was also two comedies. It was Planes, Trains, and The Three Men and a Baby. Yeah, yeah, we're we're doing another comedy battle. All right, comedy battle next week on the show. Let's wrap it up with the best quote from Vampire, I've got a D, and also a bloodlust. Yep. My favorite quote is, (laughs) oh, yes, you are beautiful. Oh, does it make you uncomfortable to find an old lech like me thinks you desirable? (laughs) You'll never get me, Batman! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's the exact quote. I don't know why he referenced Batman. Uh, that's a bit odd. Yeah. Mine is from literally the very end of the movie. Oh. And it's the hand talking to him just after they've gone to the graveyard. And he says in his New York accent. <laughs> oh, yeah. He says, you're not so bad after all. You just dress bad. He does say that. Uh, oh, he does say uh, that. I like how your New York accent is Arnold Schwarzenegger. My New York accent. New York. This is New York, right? Yeah, no, that was that was my New York. What's the deal with all these D's in Uranus? <laughs> we need a break from anime. Do you know who's in Mars Women Harem on Uranus, though? Uh, no, tell me, Sandro. There's one voice actor. A pretty famous British voice actor who's in that. Who is in Uranus? Oh, it's James Station and I'm in Uranus, <laughs> oh, isn't it, bro? No! <laughs> James Station is in Uranus. <laughs> <laughs>